0: Hello, and welcome to ADCES podcast, The Huddle Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Joanne Rinker, Diabetes Care and Education Specialist, and the Director of Practice and Content Development at ADCES. Today, I'm talking to Diabetes Care and Education Specialist, Deborah Hall, about online support groups. As you're about to hear, creating an online community for your clients offers valuable ongoing support that expands beyond the confines of traditional office settings and timetables. Deborah walks us through the steps she took to set up her online support group and shares some tips you should keep in mind when starting your own. Enjoy the show. So, I'd like to introduce Deborah Hall. Deborah is a registered nurse, BSN, and a certified diabetes care and education specialist. She's at Mosaic Medical Center, which is in Northwestern Missouri. And we really wanted to have a conversation today with Deborah after learning that she does virtual support for diabetes care and education. So, Deborah, let's kind of kick off just with the first question, which is, Really, why did you get started with this virtual diabetes?
1: Well, Joanne, there are three big reasons why we decided on a Facebook support group or a virtual support group. And number one, the diabetes distress score. Some people do require a higher level of external support and motivation. And when we implemented the diabetes distress scale in our program, it opened up a whole new realm of psychology in our line of work you begin to see some of the underlying reasons behind why some people might need more of that external and ongoing support. Number two, we wanted to find a way to bring support directly to people with diabetes without adding one more appointment. You know, our population is already faced with so many demands to successfully manage this disease. And we pose the question, how do we bring support to them without causing one more meeting or appointment on their schedule. And then number three, persons completing our program, as well as members in our support group, would frequently comment to us, gosh, I wish I could take you home and and have you there at 10 o'clock at night when I felt like binging. And with uh virtual support, we're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we're always there to support them when they need us the most. That's
0: great. And then how did you actually kick this off, like kind of get it started in the beginning?
1: Well, so to kick it off, it it became our our quality improvement goal two years ago. So we, we started in our diabetes support group that is in person. And we we talked to them about it, asked them how they thought they would like that. And of course, you know, everyone was pretty excited about it. All age groups are out there on Facebook. And so, you know, just because someone might be 80 doesn't mean they're not out there. Um, I was shocked at how many of our our group um, was on Facebook. So we had a kickoff party at one of our uh, support group meetings. Um, serve some low-carb snacks and low-carb drinks. Um, we created a tip sheet that walked him through how to find the group and join the group. And then we all got on our phones together. And everyone joined during that kickoff meeting, the ones who were interested, and then the ones who need help needed help. The dietitian and I would go around and just help walk them through how to find that group because Sometimes that's a little confusing to some people. We now have added it to our resource handout, our local resource handout um, that we offer in our classes. Um, We have a diabetes prevention class and our DSMT class, and it's on the resource sheet we give to everyone there. We do have it posted on one of our slides in our groups. And I also educate on an inpatient basis. So we provide the resources to our inpatient population as well.
0: So Deborah, how many people do you think you have now that are um, accessing this virtual support group?
1: Well, we are a small rural community, but we have about 50 that are very engaged and active um, in the support group right now.
0: That's awesome. And then how do you let new people know about them? Like how do you encourage them? Do you also kind of assist people as they complete an outpatient program, for example, or if they're inpatient, do you help them get? connected to the group before they're on their way?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so it's listed on our resource sheet, the exact name of our group. And um, and I'll offer, you know, during classes, I'll say, hey, on break, if anyone needs help finding a group on Facebook, let me know. And um, it's rare that people need the help, but there are a few here and there, but I do offer the personal help to help them find it on their phone. But it's listed out on our resource sheet as well.
0: That's great. And then what kind of information are people with diabetes sharing? Like, what are some examples of things you've seen before in that discussion group?
1: Oh, gosh, it's random. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. Sometimes people just put out their excitement over their last doctor's appointment. They may post a video of them out exercising. It's quite random. But I have been so impressed with a group that they have stayed on topic with diabetes. They don't veer from that topic.
0: And are you kind of checking in just to be sure that the information that's shared from one person to another kind of is in line with current recommendations?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I get dinged on every comment that's put out there. So I'm always checking on that. Um, I put information out there about once a week. And depending on, you know, what is going on at the time, Sometimes, uh, like with the COVID, I put the resource for the ADA out there for our population. Sometimes if we're having our health fair, I'll put information like that out there. Sometimes our local workout facility will offer a free week. And of course, we post that. Um, The population loves recipes. So if I find a great low-carb recipe, I'll put it out there. So I'm constantly, you know, queuing and, and posting things but, yeah, if someone posts something that might be a little off, of course, I will put a correction out there and, and let them know, you know, what might be a, a better approach to that. But I'm constantly posting information for them. And I've learned, here's what I've learned, is you want to ask, ask, ask to to pull in the conversation and get them rolling. For example, um, well, last week it was raining. I said, Hey, it's raining outside. All the gyms are shut down. What are you going to do for exercise today? And the comments just started rolling in. And, you know, one of the ladies posted a, a workout uh, website that I had never even heard of. So, and another gal said, well, thanks to your post, Deb, I am now getting on my exercise bike today. know, yeah, So, Great. Oh, yeah. Lots of motivation. And I've, I've learned keep it positive, positive, positive. You want positive motivation. Um, and it's, you know, I, I got a call a few weeks ago in my office from one of the people on our support group. She said, Deb, I can't remember the proper way to get rid of sharps. And if I'm wondering, our whole group probably is wondering, would you post it on Facebook? Um, so I put it out there on our support group and several people appreciated the reminder of the proper way to dispose of sharps.
0: That's great. It's like reiterating messages that they probably got in the past.
1: Yep, and I think it's important for us as educators to remember this is not an education platform; it's a support platform. So, you know, I constantly am am doing a check on myself, and I have to pause many times when I want to go into education mode. That you know, I might steer them to the right direction rather than use this as an education platform. So, I might be recommending. You know, a lot of times I'll get a, a personal side comment from the group, from someone from the group, you know, Hey, what do I do? My sugar's doing this, you know, and, a, and so I'll recommend, you know, do you need a, a refresher course? You need to see your physician. I'm very cautious about going into education mode on that. And it's, I think it's important for all of us to remember this is support.
0: That's really important. That's a important distinction between the two. I think we don't always have support groups like that. And I think that's a good thing to point out. So thank you for doing that. And, you know, another thing I was thinking when you were talking about the post that you put up sometimes to kind of prompt the conversation and then get the group going. Do you ever have any guest presenter or guest poster to provide any comments or prompts for the group?
1: Well, they'll put um, like on World Diabetes Day. It was kind of neat. One of the guests started a role on, hey, happy Diabetes Day to everyone and, you know, and just got the conversation rolling. So, yeah, they'll, they'll pop out. But there's, you know, there's all different personalities out there. And, you know, some of them are are very quiet. And you can tell who's read the comments and they're out there reading them all. But they're not comfortable enough to say anything. And that's okay. That's the beauty of this group. And then the outgoing ones, you know, they're popping out there and throwing comments out. And I think it's just a very safe place for any personality to have that constant support. And that's what I love about it. You know, you don't have to come out into a room. You don't have to talk in front of people if you're not comfortable doing that.
0: I know that this meets one of our national standards for DSMES. And so... When someone says, "Okay, I'm going to do that, I'm going to join that support group on Facebook, do you document that that this was their plan for support moving forward?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. We have it on one of our uh, documentation pieces. You know, what is their goal for ongoing support? And if they select the Facebook group, yes, that's added as part of the documentation of their ongoing support.
0: Perfect. And then do you document any of the activities that are done in the group?
1: No, this is this is not a regulated documentation piece. This is more of a volunteer, I want to be a part of this group by by a person. And so no, I don't do any formal documenting on each person's chart.
0: Okay. And then thinking about where we are right now, you know, you mentioned earlier that you shared some things with the group about COVID-19, some resources and that kind of thing. You know, this is a time when our diabetes care and education specialists all across the country and probably all across the world are doing diabetes education virtually. So um, with that in mind, what would you suggest if there's someone right now who's a, Diabetes care and education specialist who's at home doing telehealth for education, who is wanting to get this started themselves for their community. How would you suggest they get started? Like, what steps should they consider doing?
1: Well, so if you're going to use it as part of your program, you know, say it's your meeting standard ten, your quality improvement. I started with a community evaluation that we do annually, um, and I learned that. 15% of my population is over 65, and most people outlive their ability to drive by 6 to 10 years, but I also learned that 89% of my community had computers, you know, so in your community search, that's a great place to start to prove the need for this, so start with developing your CQI program or, or, you know, whatever goal you're trying to meet, get that substance in place. But then I would look for, you know, some of those clients that you're working with or people with diabetes that you're working with, find some key ones that might be more outspoken that you could kick off the group with virtually because you're not seeing them in person and say, hey, you know, you're going to be one of my key component players here. Can I, you know, start up this group? Would you be one of my first members? And help me with this conversation. Keep it rolling as I bring in more members. And maybe find a few key people that you know are going to be very good at that fit. And just start it. I am not savvy with technology at all. I'm really bad with it. <laughs> and for me to have gone out and do this, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So go ahead and just create the page. I highly recommend you choose private, not public. If you're using a Facebook platform. Public, anyone can see it. And I wanted to protect confidentiality of our conversations. So I selected a private group. When you create the name, think about that very carefully before you put it out there. Our hospital's name is four words long with a dash and some some spaces. And and then we added diabetes support group on the end of it. So it's a seven word long title that people have to type in exact. And we can get messed up on that very easily. So choose a, a brief, as brief of a title as you can, but something people will recognize as a safe place, you know, that's attached to your program. So just be careful with what you name the program. And then you are able to put a descriptor on that. So you know we put the our goal of why we're creating the group to bring information to our community you know, tips, recipes, you know, we we listed out exactly what our goal was and people are following that goal pretty good. And then like I said, definitely make it private. And you'll put a picture out there. Now I've read, you know, you can just Google how to run a successful support group. And that was very helpful for me to do that. Um, you can use your mainframe picture as an advertisement for different events coming up if you'd like. But my, my standard image, you know, is just something comfortable that everyone is familiar with. It was just something we found out on the Internet that says diabetes. So think about the picture you want to put up and something that you'll be willing to look at for the rest of your time with this. But then you're able to switch that picture out to, for advertisements for programs coming up if you would like. Something else that I post out there is our in-person support group. I'll list the topics of what we're getting ready to have on the next month and the speaker. Just it's a great form of communication for that.
0: Deborah, I think that's great. Those are some really good tips. And it's just you made it sound like it's something that just about anybody can do. So I kind of like how you put it all into perspective. Any kind of final comments or thoughts? or tips for the group before we wrap
1: up? Um, I just encourage everyone, I'd, I'd like to challenge people to consider doing this. It it does not take a lot of time. I post about weekly or more often, you know, like after the COVID, the ADA resource I posted, then I thought, you know, I bet people are using a lot of hand sanitizer. And I threw a reminder out there that that is not the preferred method to clean the glucose molecules off your fingers. You know, it, that takes 10 seconds to pop something out there. It's not a lot of work. And it's just a great resource to have. But I, I just want to encourage people to do it because it's a constant support. You know, people who come through our class, I know it may feel like we're there, we're there, we're there. And then all of a sudden, it's nothing. So by having the support group, there's no abandonment. We're there 24-7. And I think it makes us much more approachable to our community. Um People will come up now in our support group in in public, like I'm their best friend they'll come up and say, "Oh, you know, I just lost thirty pounds now, and they'll just they're so excited to see me so it makes us more familiar to our community, you know it makes you more the face of your your diabetes community, which I think is a wonderful thing
0: agree, and I think what's uh, something I'm assuming probably is happening is some of those People are meeting in group class and then they're getting to kind of stay connected through the group. And I think that's kind of fun too for them.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yep.
0: Well, Deborah, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing um, some of your success with doing this online support group. And hopefully our listeners will be able to implement this, especially in in those rural areas where there may not be any other options for having that connection to other people with diabetes. And also that resource of having that diabetes care and education specialist. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Joanne.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. Deborah's account of setting up and maintaining a successful virtual support group shows how diabetes care and education specialists in all settings can leverage creative and innovative solutions that elevate your role and demonstrate your value. I hope hearing the actionable steps and tips from Deborah has motivated you to start one of your own groups. By building community and optimizing health outcomes for people with diabetes using these new online platforms you help bridge the gap between clinical and self-management aspects of care. If you're interested in learning more about telehealth and virtual care, check out our new webpage at diabeteseducator.org telehealth. To access notes and resources from today's discussion, please visit diabeteseducator.org podcast. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.